Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Monday, July 5th, 2021. Coming to you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Andrew Gross from Newsday will be joining us to talk part two of the closing of the New York Islanders season. Plenty to still talk about. Will be lots of fun. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is this character over here, Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian how are you? Well, I've never noticed how much facial expression you put into that intro until today. Buddy. So, there's a lot of eye, eyelid moving and uh, eyelash raising, eyebrow raising, I should say. It's all action, man. Yeah. It's all a lot action. Of blinking, a lot of quick sequences of blinking, it seems Sure. Like. Yeah. Well, thanks for paying attention. Uh, well, I was looking at the for screen. For whatever that yeah, means. Yeah, I was looking at the screen. So You, you were know. watching me. I was watching you. You were watching me. All right. Well, Private that's, that's fine. Eyes. <laughs> watching I you. like a little hole in oats, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way I like to start a show. So welcome to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Thank you for joining us as we compete with the Stanley Cup finals that we I mean, all it's not really a competition. care about. So yeah, big competition tonight. The network the network said get in there, eight PM, go do it. Beat the beat the Stanley Cup finals. It's probably not gonna happen. But <laughs> We want to thank you for tuning in anyway, and we want to remind you that we are happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And, of course, we're happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, Give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And we're back, as I said, for part two of our postseason Islanders coverage. The 2021 season is only hours away from being over. What do you wow, say, I mean, C.A.? that's a bold scene. I don't think it's bold. I feel like I if, I, so. if I was Tampa Bay, I'd be like, we're losing this game and winning this at home. I would not well, want to win in Montreal. Did you see apparently the, the mayor of Tampa actually came out and said, we kind of hope they take it easy yeah. in game four yeah. so they can win, raise, win in Tampa. That's playing with fire, man. No, you just go out and win when I you mean, can. It, 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 you can't do that. It is, but at the same time, I mean, Tampa has had such a, a stranglehold of this series that I don't necessarily know if one game is going to make a, make or break a yes, difference in this Yes, but in, in professional final. sports, you do not, you do not, you know, Lose games just no, so you can win enough. at home. Fair enough. I'm you not just, saying they're going to w- You don't lose throw it. games in professional sports. Yeah, I don't think they will. You just don't do it. They will. They won't. Right. So, like I said, the 2021 season is hours away from being over. And then, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully after another week, Islander fans, uh, you're, you're feeling a little bit better. I know this thing's still there. Um, threw a tweet out there the other day about how I haven't been able to watch a lick of these finals, and I haven't. The only thing I watched was a, maybe a replay or two of that Coleman goal because it was exciting sweet. and fun. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I'll give, <laughs> I'll give him that. Can't take that away awesome. from him. Yeah, it was. It was. So, But but aside from that, man, just from a, a fan's point of view, I haven't been able to watch just because uh, you just can't help but think about what could have been, Christian. Why don't we start there? What could have been? For the New York Islanders, had they had they triumphed in Game Seven against the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, I think what's become painfully obvious to a lot of Islander fans, I think to most people 
watching the series is that the talent level on the other side of the bracket was just wasn't up to snuff. And if the Islanders had made it to the Stanley Cup final, there's a decent chance that they would have beaten the Montreal Canadiens or at least made it a very, very entertaining series considering the drama that the Islanders seem to carry them around with themselves right. every playoff round yeah. they go through. Yeah. So, But it certainly, it certainly has, to, has to really stick in the Islanders' fan, fan base's craw of how well the team had been playing, how well they probably would have matched up against Montreal considering Montreal at this point, and again... I think we should kind of qualify what I was. I should qualify what I'm about to say with the fact that they are playing the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are, by all for all in, intensive purposes, the best team in the NHL, um, bar none. From uh, offensive yeah, to I defensive guess. to goaltending, they are the best team, and they're and they're showing that. But that being said, mm-hmm. the Islanders very easily could have given the Montreal Canadiens a very good fight, and there is a a decent chance. I don't want to say a good chance, but there was a chance if they had gotten to that point, they could have won a cup. Look. When, when you know, I was dreaming big after they tied the series after game six. And, of course, you can't help but start thinking about what, what may co- be coming forward. Right. And at that point, I was like, you know what? Everybody looks back at the this regular season. Everybody looks back at the fact that had the divisions been as they should, Montreal wouldn't have even made the playoffs. But you have to throw all that away because they they got to the finals. You have to show some respect yeah. there. And they look... They beat Vegas. I mean, you can make an argument about Toronto just being first-round choke artists, and then Winnipeg, the sweep was very surprising to me. I mean, I thought Winnipeg was going to take the series. I mean, the fact that they went down in four was yeah. a shocker. That was right? a pretty big shock. But, but my eyebrows really were raised <laughs> <laughs> when they beat Vegas. I mean, yeah. that I didn't see coming. I figured that was when the Cinderella story was going to come to an end. And they shocked us there, and somehow they they've pulled it off in six games, which is, which is incredible. And here they are in the Stanley Cup Finals. And, you know, whether you want to say they ran out of gas or whether they're finally being exposed or Carey Price is a little off his game, whatever the case may be, I couldn't tell you because I have been watching. But <laughs> it's, it's, on the, it's on the brink of, of being over, so to speak. So as an Islander fan, you look at how close they got against the Lightning, that they were able to get to that seventh game this time. And right. they only lost by one stinking goal. And you can't help but think what the Islanders might have done had they have just found a way to properly defend the front of the net on the power play, you know, and then what may have happened after that. It's a little painful. I, I mean, I certainly yeah. understand where you're coming from, Sean. That It, it is, and it's, I'm sure people are frustrated, but, but again, the Islanders set themselves up for a pretty good Spot going into next year, and, and certainly, I think, kind of got away from a lot of the question marks that I think people had coming into the first round of the playoffs, which is, were the, was this what the Islanders did last year a fluke to now where they are a legitimate cup-contending team for the last couple of years now? Look, there's when, no question when you go it. to the semifinals twice in a row, you have rubber-stamped your spot as a, as a cup-contender. I mean, that's just how, how it works. Right. Now, you could have even made an argument after the first time. But, you know, you have some teams every now and then. They go on a run and then right. they disappear. We've seen it before. For sure. And I guess that's what everybody was expecting because, you know, everybody and their mother picked Pittsburgh. Right. Almost everybody and their mother picked Boston. Yes. And then it, it wasn't until they actually faced up against Tampa where people were like, oh, 
shit, maybe maybe they can win this series, you know? And you see a couple of experts right. and pundits picking the Islanders in six or seven, you know? But that's what it takes, and and everybody knows the, the history behind it, and, and we've talked about it on the show before, how the Islanders have been a favorite whipping boy of the hockey media for mm-hmm. a long time, and I think they just have to finally start getting used to the fact that they're not those whipping boys anymore. And maybe they can finally shed that underdog tag. Well, I think that's the biggest thing now, and the biggest question you saw come up during the, the play exit interviews the other week was that a lot of the guys were being asked you know do you do you tired of being the underdog you're tired of being labeled the underdog and I think Matt Barzell I actually probably had the most honest answer um when he was talking about it gets a little tiresome after a while and I'm sure a lot of those guys well some of them kind of took the high road and say you know we don't pay attention to that right I think the feeling in actuality is probably more on the level that Barzal is at is where after a while when you're competing and you're performing well and you're doing all these things. When are we going to get some respect? When is the respect going to come? And it right. came, and in fairness, it came in the last round against Tampa Bay and you saw a lot of people starting to notice the expertise of on the blue line of Pelican Pulak and people noticed the uh, sort of dynamic play of, of um, you know, J.G. Pajot and what that third line was able to do, not only offensively, but in their, uh, you know, playing without the puck and being responsible against some of the top top lines and what the Islanders have been able to do down the middle right. uh, as far as their dominance in the face-off circle. So mm. you, you saw a lot of people start to take notice of these different details in the Islanders games that they were doing so well and that no one was really paying attention until up until that point where really you had to stop and go, yeah, this is a pretty good team. Yeah, they don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. play conventional uh, in the sense of they're running up the score. By the way, the Islanders were the highest scoring team going into that last round right. against in the playoffs against Tampa Bay. Right. But there was that that stigma around them that they don't score goals, and that just wasn't the case. And even even without that, people wouldn't recognize the other things that the Islanders did so well that fit into the Barry Trot system and what that team had built around Lou Lamorello's expertise and bringing certain guys in yeah. and and the skill set that they had. People didn't recognize what the Islanders had built there. Yeah, and again, I think I think part of it is it's just easy to kick this team. It has been for for years and years and years, and and you know, call it laziness or call it just well, the Islanders were America's team. They were America's <laughs> team. If you're to believe that graph yes. that showed up on uh, on social media, they were. But yeah, but that's good. Look, it's it's nice to see that, and it's nice to see that they are slowly starting to get respect. I mean, even like you mentioned. Pelican Pollock, I think they both got a Norris vote each. You know, I mean, that could have been Arthur Staple, but <laughs> but even still, you know, they both got a vote each, which is nice to see. And and yeah, I mean, well, we can look all the voter. Oh, you can. Well, all the all the the um, votes are publicized by the PHWA. Ah, okay, okay, fair no. enough. We'll we'll look into that, but. But yeah, I mean, it's nice to see them finally getting some respect. I mean, I don't, I yeah. don't mind the underdog moniker. I mean, you know, because it is, a, is, it can be a motivating factor. But like you said, and like my Barzell said, it's like, yeah, at first it can motivate you, but then it's like, you know, look at what we're doing here. Right? How about some respect? How about you know, showing us as the favorites? Because again, two years in a row, Final Four, they take Tampa to the brink, and you know, they, look. I, I I put my my uh, pie in the sky dream out there last week. <laughs> if you can keep this team intact, which there is a path to do it, or at least you know somewhat, even if they don't, they have some young guys that are going to be able to step up. We're going to talk more about that, but but this is a team for the most part that's going to be there next year, and they're going to have a chance to go on another run here. They're they're going to get the divisions back intact. We're going to have an eighty two game season again, and. You know, it's 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 finally time for for maybe some pundits to take a look at this team and say, "Hey, 
you know, maybe the Islanders will make the playoffs this year because they weren't even picked <laughs> to make the playoffs this year by well, some people. In fairness, well, yeah, at the beginning of the season, yes, that was a little ridiculous. But right. the, by the end of it, you certainly had a, a sense, well, things were, were starting to fall off the, um, you know, fall off a little bit there. And, and mm-hmm. there certainly was a concern, rightfully so, when it was going down, uh, that that perhaps playoffs weren't in the Islanders' future or, um, you know, it was a one-and-done team. But they certainly found a way, and, and obviously at at a certain point, you're playing with fire when you do this two years in a row. But when you kind of hobble into the playoffs and then find that way to turn it on, although it's working for the Islanders, so who knows? But maybe not the best thing to do every year, year in and year out. Right. And maybe yeah. that's part of where that underdog tag comes from. And if you're going to go on a drought, maybe do it earlier in the season and not leading into the to final, you know, 10, 15 games of the playoffs. So, you know, everybody's shaking in their boots waiting to see if they're even going to get in. Because it wasn't really until that overtime win against the Rangers where people were able to kind of breathe easy. Because remember, the Rangers were nipping at their heels there. Right. They were maybe like four points behind late right, in the those... season. They had the back-to-back games. Yep. I think the Rangers won the first one. And then people started, you know, crapping themselves a little bit. <laughs> and then they win that game in overtime. And then finally it's like, okay, it looks like we're good here. They end up getting in. They get the four seed. It doesn't make a difference. They take care of the one. They take care of the three. And then they get to the conference finals. But we'll pick up more on that because we got a break because yes. Andrew Gross of Newsday is going to be joining us. I want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night and why we're going to take that break. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a great long island deli is a great long island deli run by diehard islander fans blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington will make any islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and isles decor Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. And welcome. Back to Hockey Night New York. I'm Christian Arnold. With me, as always, is Sean Cuthbert. And this is, of course, our favorite time of the program. On the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. 
And on the line with us is the New York New York Islanders beat writer for Newsday, as well as the host of the Island Ice podcast, Andrew Gross. Andrew, what's going on, my friend? Hey, how's everyone? I am I caught that. I appreciated that. Thank you. Of course. Of course. <laughs> nice homage. I try. I do what I can, Andrew. I, I'm obviously a lot to talk about when it comes to the New York Islanders offseason, but with the Stanley Cup Finals taking place as we speak. I am curious to just get your quick take on the Cup Final, if you've been watching it all. I know <laughs> I know. after the long playoff run that we've all endured, it, it was, it's been a little tough to, to get back engaged with hockey outside of, uh, outside of really the, the media Zoom calls and everything. But I was curious if you've been watching any of the Cup Finals so far and, and had any thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean, well, my, my first thought, which, you know, I, I don't know how Islander fans, you know, I'm sure everyone, every Islander fan is thinking the same thing, but the Islanders are going to wind up being by far the toughest team the Lightning faced on on their way to lifting the Stanley Cup for the second straight time. And, and you know, uh, the, the, the Canadians, it, it was a nice story, but the, the Lightning are just, yeah, they're way too good for the Canadians. This is sort of the Canadians that we pegged when the, when this, when the playoffs started that we thought we're going to get eliminated pretty easily by the, uh, the Maple Leafs, right? Uh, the, the lightning, let's face it, are just a very deep, very balanced, well-rounded team with excellent defense and Victor Hedman's playing out of his mind and Ryan McDonough's playing out of his mind. And Andre Vasilevsky is, is, is the goalie we all thought he was. And, you know, we can debate and all of hockey can debate until the cows come home, you know, whether it's fair, you know, for them to have Nikita Kucherov in their lineup, <laughs> right. you know, <laughs> but and the, the light finger are really, really good. And I, I guess it's some small consolation to the Islanders that, like I said, by far, they are going to be the toughest team the Lightning faced. Uh, on their way to the cup and really a one nothing game in game seven. That's that's just as close as you can get. And, and I think that says a lot about how good the Islanders really are. Absolutely, Andrew. And and speaking of the Islanders, you know, you, you see how hard it is just to, I mean, not only get to the Final Four, but get to the Cup Final. And if the Islanders themselves are actually able to stomach watching, watching the Finals themselves, I mean, do you think that's fuel for them to, to go through it all again for next year where they got even closer, they got a game closer, they only lost by a goal, they see how Tampa's handling Montreal and maybe saying to themselves, man, we really were that close. Do you think that's fuel for them going into next year to, to claw back up there and, and take the next step? Yeah, to, to be honest with you, I mean, the, I, I know Barry Trotz is watching the, the, the cup final. I know the coaching staff will be watching the cup final. Mm -hmm. I know Lou Lamarillo will be watching the cup final. It would not surprise me if there are a lot of players on the team who just really needed to shut it down yeah. after that, you know, and just taking an, an emotional break from hockey. But yeah, it's, I, you know what? I mean, whether they watch it or not, it's going to be fuel because they're going to see that the the, the, the lightning, you know, either sweep the uh, sweep the uh, the Canadians or, or beat them in five games, right? I, I think we can all agree it's either ending tonight or or forty eight hours later, yeah. right? Um, and, and, you know, one way or another, the Islanders players are going to see that, and yeah, they're going to think back and go, "Geez, you know, one goal." 
another way or, you know, we don't give up that shorthanded goal. And, and, and that's us facing the Canadians. And that's probably us, you know, lifting the cup there. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's mentally exhausting, you know, for these players to kind of reel it back in, you know, when they, they start training camp, having been on these two deep runs, even though it wasn't through full 82 game seasons, you know, you're, it's kind of a scary proposition to know how much hard work is going to have to go in just to get back to the point where they were last season. But yeah, you know, they, they, anything you can use to, to fuel that fire will be used. So I, I think, I think you're right. You know, whatever happens here, whether it's tonight or in two nights, you know, the, the lightning winning is really going to, you know, light a fire under their butts. Andrew, speaking of, of players that are going to have a lot of fire to get back to where the Islanders were last year, Honors Lee will certainly be at the top of that list when it comes to getting the Islanders back to the conference final or semifinal, whatever you want to call it. it but you, when you look at this season, does this highlight, A, just how important Honors Lee has been to this team, not only from an on-ice standpoint where you could tell his presence was felt, or his lack of presence was felt, out, uh, you know, in front of the net there for the Islanders scoring touch, but also off the ice where his leadership seemed to really kind of shine, even in the even in the fact that while he wasn't on the ice with the team, he certainly seemed to play a big role, especially those last, um, you know, couple of weeks of the playoffs where he was much more visible around the team. Yeah, I mean, Christian, you, you were on that conference call with me, right, where Barry Trotz is describing Anders Lee, like, yes. you know, bare-chested up on a roof, <laughs> waving a flag at the team bus as they left for game seven. You know, <laughs> when we talk to Anders Lee, yeah, you know, he's, he's he kind of, you know, he seems like, a, you know, he's collected and, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, he has some emotion to him, but you don't really picture him as wild man. <laughs> bare-chested cheerleader on a rooftop. So, you know, I, I, for, for Anders' sake, I'm glad he was able to do this because, like, I, I think he would have gone insane, you know, if he had not been able to be part of this run in yeah, some way. Yeah. You know, I, I, know, I know not playing kills him. I, you, you just know that. It kills any player. But, you know, the, the captain of the team and then for them to have a shot at the Stanley Cup and he knows there's no chance of him, you know, being able to be on the ice. And I know fans kept saying, oh, you should go out and take <laughs> warm-ups. And, you know, every time we reported that he was skating before the game, well, I, I felt like we were actually doing a disservice to Islander fans, but like just winding them up. Oh, Hey, Anders <laughs> Lee is on the ice again. Oh, you should play tonight. No, he's, he's four months away from playing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, 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 they, you know, and Barry Trotz said it himself, right. You know, boy, you know, we really could have used Andrews Lee in this series. And usually coaches go the, the other way they go, you know, I'm going to coach the guys that I am. Yeah. And it's got to be a next man up mentality for Barry Trotz to come out and say, wow, we, we really could have used Anders in this series. I, I think just goes to show you exactly how much the <laughs> Islanders really could have used Anders Lee in that series. Certainly, it, it certainly seemed like that. We're talking with Andrew Gross, the Newsday beat writer 
uh, covering the New York Islanders, as well as the host of the Island Ice podcast, which is a Newsday production here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Andrew, shifting gears to now what is going to be a very, very intriguing offseason for the Islanders. They have a lot of players to lock up. They have a lot of cap crunching to do, and it certainly puts them in a very precarious spot with one of their mainstays in Casey Zizekas uh, being a pending unrestricted free agent. And um, it is very interesting to see how this plays out because you have one camp that certainly seems to think that Zizekas should be the primary focus out of the gate. And then there was another suggestion, I believe it was last week, in the 31 Thoughts by Elliot Friedman, that perhaps Adam Pellick is the player that kind of holds the key to how this offseason starts. Where do you see this offseason starting and, and, and playing out uh, with all the financial constraints that the Islanders have to deal with? I, I think Lou spelled it out. Lou Lamarillo spelled it out. Uh, and, and that's where Elliot got that from. And I, and I wrote that in my Sunday Insider as well. The priority here is Adam Pellick, Ilya Sorokin, Anthony Beauvillier. The, those three restricted free agents. And everything centers around them. And look, those might not be the first three guys re-signed, but everything the Islanders do this offseason is going to be centered around getting those three and yeah, you know, and, and, and I don't even want to like, you know, single out Adam Pellick because I think Ilya Sorokin is just as important uh, to, to get a new deal with. So and that that's where the priorities are. And I think Lou told you that, you know, you'd like to keep everyone, but it's going to be impossible to keep this core together. And I, you know, it, it, I, I think he said without saying it, that, you know, Casey Sezika seems like a long shot to come back. Mm. Kyle Palmieri seems like a long mm. shot, a, a, probably even a, a longer shot to come back. I would I would think Casey comes back before Kyle does. But, you know, that's that's not where the Islanders' priority is this offseason. You know, it would be great if they could work out a deal with either one of those two. But the, the priority is making sure Adam Pellick you know, is in the fold. Because if you think about it, you know, he's, he could be an unrestricted free agent next year. And Ryan Pulak is going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. Yeah. And, you know, if, if Adam Pellick, if all they can work out is a one-year bridge deal, and it, it, it turns out that, you know, Pellick and Pulak are both hitting the, uh, the UFA market <laughs> next <it>. summer. <laughs> Well, I, I'm saying that, that could be, you know, the, the, the end of this glorious Islander run. That could be the end of the window right there. If one or both of those guys walks out the door, they've just become that important. So I, I think the priority is this summer is to work out a long-term deal with Adam Pellick. Um, with, with, with the knowledge that whatever you work out with Adam Pellick is going to be mirrored in with Ryan Kulak. So you're going to have to figure out how the money works. Now, Ryan Pulak's in around $5 million, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're starting there with Pellick, but you know, for, to get him to agree to, to give up years of unrestricted free agency, you're going to have to buy him from him. So right. you're, you're talking about, you know, it's not going to be a $5 million, you know, cap hit. You're, you're going above that to get Adam Pellick signed long term. So that that that's why Adam Pellick really is, and Elliot's correct, and and I would throw Ilya Sorokin in there too because here's a guy 
that you know it, it could could basically inch his way towards unrestricted free agency. He could keep taking these short-term deals and then max out as a USA, right? Um, so I, I think Lou would like to do more than a bridge deal with Sorokin as well. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Elliot that that's the priority this year. Um, you know, the expansion draft, unrestricted free agency, whatever trades you're going to make, it, it all centers on, you know, how you're going to get these restricted free agents signed. Well, you've effectively bummed out Sean a lot with that answer, <laughs> Andrew, and I and I have to apologize a little no, bit. No, more more like terrified. Yeah, he's about ready oh. to jump out of the window. Uh, and I do, oh, so, you know, you know, this is this is where it would have been fun to see you guys. <laughs> and I do have to apologize, Andrew. I would have given you credit along with Elliot Friedman in pointing out that likely the Islanders start with Pellick, but. I mean, to be honest, subscribing to your text messages and paying for a Sunday paper, I can't do both. So I chose the text messages. Well, I, I mean, let's let, let uh, credit where credit's due. Uh, you guys wrote the same thing, right, Christian? Uh, you you spelled out how Adam Cole's right. contract might look. Yes, I so did. I'm, yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is the, it's not a state secret. You know, it's not like breaking news that Adam Pellick needs a new deal and it's going to be expensive you know fantastic Andrew so let's let's keep it on this off-season uncertainty here and you know okay Sean I I, I should check in on you right I'm all right I'm no it's it's just you know Pellick Pullock unrestricted free agents at the same time it kind of (laughs) took my breath away for a moment but I'm good I'm keeping it composed it's gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine so, again, continuing with this, you, you, you mentioned the whole, you know, signing guys, whether they go trade route and stuff like that. I mean, it seems like this is going to be more of an offseason of just keeping as many guys on the ship as possible, right? I mean, do you really see them reaching out and acquiring guys from outside? I mean, you look at the fact that they really can't in the sense of the, the cap, but, you know, Islander fans were a little happy to see that uh, apparently uh, Vlad Tarasenko over in St. Louis uh, seems to have put put the Islanders on a, on a short list of four teams that he's willing to be traded to, whether that's true or not, not sure. But it's out there. It's in the ether people were talking about. I mean, I don't even know if they're in a position to acquire a guy like that. So, I mean, is, is it true that maybe the Islanders are just going to try to hoard as many of these guys that are currently on the team as possible to keep this core intact and maybe not look so much at bringing guys in from the outside? I mean, that would be the smart play, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think that's what we're all thinking that, you know, because they like this core. I mean, we all right. know that, you know, and, and we've been saying this for, what, two, three seasons, that, you know, getting a top six scoring wing would be really, really nice. Well, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, they, they sort of have that piece in Kyle Palmieri, but right. they, they probably can't afford to keep him. So if they can't afford to keep, you know, uh, Kyle Palmieri and keep as much of this core together, I don't see how they bring in Vlad Tarasenko. Right, right, you know? exactly. <laughs> right. So, right. but, you know, that's the smart play. I, I would, the, the caveat though is Lou Lamarillo, you never know what he's going to do because he doesn't tell anyone what he's going to do. And if he tells you what he's going to do, he might have to kill you, you know? So, <laughs> yes. So, I, I just, I, I, you know, I think the play is you keep your core together, you keep as much of the core together, you get your RFAs done, 
But if you come to me and say, oh, the Islanders just acquired Tarasenko, I go, I didn't think that would happen, but it's not like, you know, my butt's going to be falling out of the seat and hitting the floor because I'm going to say, you know, Lou, right? So, um, but, and, and, you know, whether it's true or not, Tarasenko is putting the Islanders on a short list. Mm -hmm. I I think the point is, that any player now will yeah. put the Islanders on a short list. And that is such a leap and a bound for this organization yes. uh, from where they were just even two years ago. And a lot of it ties into them opening up the new UBS arena. And that's going to be, that's going to be a magnet. Players are going to want to play there. Um, right. So, you know, whether this is true or not of Tarasenko, I would think any player in the league, you know, is now looking at the Islanders situation going, I'd like to play there. And, you know, just that's that's amazing to think of, given where this organization has been. Oh, absolutely. And I think it goes beyond the arena, Andrew, even just what they've accomplished in the last few years and and just the way the team's been run under, you know, the tutelage of Lamarillo and, and Trotz. I think it's just gone such a such a long way to, to show players in this league just that, hey, the Islanders are for real now and they're legit. So it's great to see. And, and yeah, you're on point there. I mean, it's such leaps and bounds from from where they were. Now I want yeah. I want to talk. Hey, about- I, I I I don't you know actually I'm having fun with this. I don't want to like freak you out even more. Oh, cool. But, <laughs> but, but, but speaking of speaking of free agents, right? Uh-huh. Barry is three seasons deep into a five year deal. So year four <laughs> is when you start because you don't want him going into year five as a lame duck, you know. And Andrew. What, what, what's, what, what's Barry going to ask for here? <laughs> Give him whatever he wants. It's fu- I was. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. Actually, the fact that now that he's he's three years in, and and you got to start thinking about this. But and I've joked about it on social media and stuff. <laughs> give the guy a lifetime contract. Like let the man. <laughs> Give him just give him a blank check and let him coach the team until he wants to retire. Like I'm, I am perfectly happy with that. But you're right; that has to be taken care of at some point as well. I have confidence that he likes it here. I have confidence that he still wants to coach. Maybe he still has some unfinished business with the Islanders. So I think Lou might be able to get that done. And it seems like Mr. Ledecky and Mr. Malkin are pretty happy with the way things are going. So thanks, thanks for the uh, the the mild heart attack. But I think that's going to work out all right. Um, but I did want to move on to the expansion draft and, you know, you obviously have a lot of experience uh, covering teams that Lou Lamarillo has been involved with. And, you know, this is going to be Islander fans first experience with it. Do you think that Lou may be the sort to, to work out maybe a special side deal with Seattle so they don't take a guy that maybe he wants to hang on to or, or if you look at the guys who they can and can't protect, maybe he just plays it straight decides, you know, who he's willing to expose, who he wants to keep, and, and just, you know, put the sheet in, and that's that. Yeah, you know, I, my, my, my guess is they're going to be able to protect the guys they want to protect because yeah. you don't have to protect the first and second year guys. You know, so in, in my head, the list, you know, you're going to protect Pelic Pulak and Mayfield because yeah. if you put Mayfield out there with that contract, he'll be scooped up in the nanosecond. Absolutely. Right? A defenseman like that. Mm-hmm. And then the, the forwards, you know, is pretty cut and dry. You're, you're protecting Peugeot. You're protecting Nelson. You're, you're protecting Barzell. You're protecting Anders Lee. You know, um, to me, 
the and, and it, on, on my list, you're probably protecting Josh Bailey. Yeah. Um. Right. Yeah. Um, with you. With you. Yeah. So I mean, to me, the guy that they're probably going to expose is Jordan Everly, and that's more based on money, you know, because. Look, the Islanders, and, and this has nothing to do with on-ice stuff. I'm just looking at it from a ledger sheet, bean counter sort of way. If you can get the, the, the crack into bite on either Everly or Nick Letty's 5.5 million cap hit, and then you can trade the other one, that's 11 million right there. And all of a sudden, your offseason is looking a little bit more comfortable. Now, I, you know, is Lou going to have to entice Seattle to maybe do something like that? That, mm. that That's certainly a possibility, you know, because I, I have no idea. I have no idea how Ron Francis is, is looking at the ledger and, 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 and balancing the money and whether he feels like bringing in, you know, a Nick Letty at 5.5 on the cap or, or Jordan Everly at 5.5. It, it, it all depends, right, on, on which other players he's selecting. Um, so, but look, if I'm Lou, those are the two guys I'm dangling. And as soon as the expansion draft is over, I'm, I'm looking to see if I can deal, you know, if one gets picked, I'm looking to see if I can deal the other guy. Talking with Andrew Gross of New York Newsday. He's the Islanders beat writer there. Um, actually, I don't think it's been called New York Newsday since before I was born. So just Newsday. Uh, on the line here, brought to you by our friends nice. at Thai Technology. Uh, well, because it's referred to as New York Newsday in uh, the Crocodile Dundee movies. Oh, and yeah. of course, why wouldn't we reference that? I don't know, but, but why not? Why okay. not? That is random. But, Andrew, obviously, <laughs> with all of this talk with the expansion draft, with, with the need for the Islanders to get rid of contracts, the um, albatross of several contracts that the Islanders have, the question always comes up, what would Lou Lamarillo have to do to get Ron Francis to take Andrew Ladd's contract off of his hands, or any team for that matter? Well, you got to throw in a first round pick. You got to you got to throw in a prospect. I mean, you got to you're going to have to give up a lot to get anyone to bite on Andrew Ladd. Now, Andrew Ladd's got what this year and next season, right? Yes. So, you know, at a certain point, do you do you just bite the bullet, or you know, or or is it worth giving up a first round pick? You gave up a first round pick to get Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac. Now it's going to be, you know, way back in the first round, but how many first round picks do you want to, you know, all of a sudden you're, uh, you're not picking in the first round for a few seasons. And that's, you know, that, that, that spells ultimate trouble in the NHL, you know, especially, especially with the Islanders getting older here. I mean, let's face it, it, it. It's, it's a lot of fun right now, but there's going to be a season where this team, if it keeps going like this, this team is going to get old together, you know? Um, and, and you don't want to be in that situation. Um, so, you know, I, I think first round picks become a little bit more valuable for Lou since he gave one away. Not, I shouldn't say gave one away, but traded one away for Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac yeah. um, as rentals. So, you know, I, I would be dubious about doing whatever I could to rid myself of Andrew Ladd's contract at this point. I agree with that. 
Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> I agree is, I, with that wholeheartedly. I am. I'm always just curious <laughs> to see what what people's takes are because everyone just wants to. I have nothing against Andrew Ladd, but obviously the contract oh. has certainly put the Islanders in a precarious. Yeah, spot. when he's not actually playing for the team, it's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and contributing. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. I mean, and, and not even not playing for the Islanders. He, he doesn't even play for Bridge. That's right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, and and, and it was funny yeah, on Lou's conference call. Like Lou was pretty. You know, he laid some black and white stuff out on that. He said, like, it's impossible to keep this core together. You know, we'd like to have Casey and Kyle back, but we don't know about it. Here's our priorities, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was I, I was flat out surprised. Like, look, we all know the most convenient thing for the Islanders would be to just put Andrew Leonard on LTIR for two seasons. <laughs> That's right. Right? Yeah. Yes. I mean that would that would be a yes. godsend for the organization. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but Lou Lamarillo asked about Andrew Ladd. Is he healthy? Yeah, he's healthy. Well, how's that gonna stand up in court if you try putting him <laughs> on LCIR? Well, I said it last week, Andrew, a lot can happen between now and then, you know? I mean who knows? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> But we're but gonna do a, 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 Lou's going to do a Tanya Harding on <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm not suggesting it. I don't want anybody getting hurt. But you never know. We've seen this stuff happen in the past. But then maybe the alternative is, hey, Andrew, listen, you're not playing. We'll give you a nice little cushy job within the organization. You know, toss you a couple mil. You can be head of player development or whatever you want to be. Pick your title. Just retire. Yeah. Take your money off the books, and we'll give you a nice little job here and live on Long Island. Have a nice time, you know? Why yeah, not? Yeah, no, and, 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 and I don't disagree with you. There are things that, you know, I mean – Andrew Ladd, could he be stubborn and say, no, I'm not walking away from this. $11 million? Yeah, I get that, too. Because, let's face it, I mean, and again, you know, whenever we go down the Andrew Ladd rabbit hole, (laughs) it sounds like we're taking pot shots at the person. Right. And and, and we, we, I, I want it very clear that Andrew Ladd has been nothing but nice to all of us. He's he's a, he's a fantastic person, (laughs) you know, but you know, is, is Andrew Ladd going to make 11 million over a two year period for the rest of his life? I I, I don't know about that. I don't know what business he's going to go into post hockey. The chances are, is he's not going to make $11 million in a two year period again. So, you know, you can't blame them for saying... No, not at all. I, I, I want my money. I, I get it. Hey, they offered him the contract. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> it, it would be very convenient if Lou looks at Andrew and, and says, look, we'll make you... You want to be assistant G... Bridgeport's assistant GM. <laughs> sure. You want to you, you be, you know, in, in player development. You want to scout. You want to... What do you want? What can we do? Right. For you, yeah, you know, I, I, I can certainly see that, you know, but we'll see. you know, <laughs> I, again, I, it, it's, and again, you know, again, it, it's nothing anyone, you know, and we all would have signed the contract, and Lou walked into the situation, right? right. He did not. He, it, that's not his contract, right? You know, so, you know, it, it is what it is right now, and I'm sure they're, you know, one of their off-season scenarios is planning for a cap situation where they have to account for Andrew Ladd's money. 
Absolutely. It is certainly a fascinating situation. Andrew, you've given us a very generous amount of yes, your time. Thank and I you. will ask that you give us just a few more minutes of it because. <laughs> no, absolutely. Absolutely. We've, can, 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 I, can I point out to everyone that you guys blew up my podcast this week? Oh, really? Is that oh. right? Well, no, because I was going to have you on tonight. He did, did mention this to me. <laughs> well, he ma- in fairness, you mentioned to the, uh, me after the fact, after I did invite you. So we had already sort well, of set in stone our, our podcasting plans. Well, we- I, 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 could, I couldn't text you back and say, no, I'm not going on your show. You have to come on my <laughs> show. <laughs> well, Andrew, we'll certainly make ourselves avail- available whenever oh, no, you no, need no. For, we're, for your we're show. We're definitely going to do it. I, I just want to spread the mirth out over the, the month of July. So, you know. Well, well, I'll definitely have you guys on in a couple of weeks here. Sounds well, great. We appreciate Absolutely. that, Andrew. But I do want to end on this question. We've been doing it, and I cannot remember if we did this with you the last time you were on, if we, we conceptualized this idea afterwards. I don't think but so. for the last few guests, we've been doing yes. a random question. For instance, Brian Compton was asked about his favorite Kiss song, which they're all bad, so right. he didn't have a good answer. Right. Uh, right. Molly was asked about the best food at, a, at an <laughs> NHL arena. Right. Um, I forget what I had asked you other asked people. Dan Rosen about the I, I think the, the hot dog situation with you. I Possibly. believe something like that. Yeah, I don't know. But Andrew, <laughs> and I wish we had, we got to come up with a, a music effect or something like this for next season. Off season, we'll take care of yes. it. Don't worry. But Andrew, for for you, for your random question, you did get to spend a ton of time in Tampa Bay over a week and a half span, which I'm very jealous about. By the way, very jealous. Yes. I was. Yeah, and, and by the way, I mean. Uh, the pandemic never happened in Florida. <laughs> like, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you have no idea, Andrew. Yeah. But getting to go down to Tampa Bay for, for several times in the span of a couple weeks and, and getting back on a plane and being able to travel again, I, I figured it gave you a chance to maybe appreciate getting back out on the road. And, and in that vein, I wanted to know what you're – what you were surprised you missed the most about being on the road to cover an NHL game. What do I miss the most? Um, I, you know what? There was room service. So (laughs) you know what I miss most? And and I think it's the same thing that like players say, um, you know, when they retire, what do you miss the most? And every player will say the camaraderie, you know, the, uh, I miss my teammates, right? And I know it's not necessarily teammates, but I got a kick. So I, I, I we were uh, Molly and I were, you know, we had a really good sushi dinner. Mo- right? my, Molly, and, by the way, I just wanted Molly is Molly Walker from the New York Post. Yes, yes. Um, so Molly, Molly Walker of the New York Post and I had a very nice sushi dinner, and I'm walking back into my hotel. She she was at a different hotel. I'm walking back into my hotel. And, you know, I, I, I see some, uh, you know, well, I, I don't know whether they're going to get in trouble if I say this, but I see some members of the uh, the Islanders social media crew. Right. And, you know, they're, they're lovely people. And really, you know, because of the whole, you know, the rules of where people can be and, you know, people around the, the team can't be around the media. You know, I haven't seen a lot of these guys now in, you know, in 16 months for the most part. Right. Yeah. Um, so just being able to like BS with them in the hotel lobby for like 15 minutes, you know, it, it, I, I like the connection. You know, I, I like I, I, I like people, you know, I like being around people, you know, and, and you know, it, it was just, 
it was just kind of cool to walk in and like talk like it was old times you know they were uh the the night they came in before game seven um there was an awful thunderstorm uh Mm. just a a wretched thunderstorm because that's what happens in florida that's right right? yeah yes yeah (laughs) hence the name (laughs) yeah and you just know when you book a flight to florida you don't book a night or an afternoon flight in because Mm. that's when the thunderstorms roll in you want to get to you know florida 2 p.m or earlier just to be to, to play it safe right so i mean it was walking in and you know one guy was saying well you know they circled in in turbulence for an hour and a half before they could land <laughs> and, and one other guy was saying yeah my plane was diverted to a uh, daytona you know <laughs> just and just, you know, hearing those stories, hearing like the, the road warrior stories and, you know, they were laughing about it, you know, uh, that that made me feel like things were kind of coming back, you know. Yeah. Um, so that, that that's that's what I missed on the road. And, and again, the, like I wasn't on the road during the regular season. It was just uh, in the first round in Pittsburgh, you know, when I said, you know, I was at every road road game. But, you know, Pittsburgh and Boston were drivable cities. It wasn't until we got to Tampa that it really felt like I was really traveling again. Right, Andrew. Well, I did want to point out that you did not uh, mention that you missed Christian, which makes sense <laughs> to me. So that's, uh, well, but, that's fair. But, 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 I mean, Christian, you know this. I mean, like at the beginning of the season, right, it was the two teams on the ice. Right. It was me, you, and Brian Compton, yep. and that's the only that was people it. in the that's building. <laughs> <laughs> it was sparse, and Joe Pantorna was there once in a while. Just yeah, to, no, Joe was yeah. Joe was there too. And I mean, so that was, I mean, that's a memory I'll have too. Is like <laughs> sitting there, like covering an NHL game in an empty building with you know, like with you three guys, like just like they were playing for us yeah that was weird <laughs> it was bizarre to say the least and, and and it really it really it was nice to see fans back in the building after a while and it was nice to get on the road a little bit i, I traveled up to boston with to for game one of the boston series well you were you were in tampa and i was crazy. in tampa sean so sean i don't think has heard the full story of my oh, decrepit journey to tampa but no. andrew saw me when i got to the arena and, and he ran the other way well no he <laughs> he looked like he looked like i was he looked so sorry for me because i just had this terrible sourpuss on my face after my flight got ca- not got delayed and in, uh-huh. in, um, in new york and then we got in and took forever to check in the hotel it was just a lot of first world problems okay well, Fair you, enough. you, you, you. You were probably in your hotel room for what three or four hours total. At, at right? most. At most. At most, yeah. Well, hopefully But, but you but oh. you made it. I mean <laughs> you know, for a friend I mean, travel travel issues are just a part of the job, right? So even when there were travel issues, I was like, Oh, it's like I get my life back. My blood pressure my blood pressure is going up because I'm standing in a stupid, you know, security line and my flight's boarding right now. Hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm happy I'm back. <laughs> well, hopefully there's there's more fun to come for you guys next season when things uh normalize even more during that eighty two game season, maybe get on the road a little bit. But Andrew, uh thanks for giving us so much of your time tonight. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Had a great time with you and uh, looking forward to talking to you again. Yeah, no, well, I'll be talking to you uh, on, on my podcast in uh, probably a couple of weeks. We'll, uh, we'll lock you guys in. Can't wait. Absolutely. Sounds fantastic. All right, folks, that was the great Mr. Andrew Gross of Newsday and also the host of the Island Ice 
podcast. Which we've been booked on. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. We're booked. A couple of weeks. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see. But uh, no, great stuff from Andrew. Uh, Lovely, uh, lovely amount of time he gave us. He does. Uh, Every time. We had Arthur for a long time last week. Now we had Andrew. So great stuff, and and you look at the time. I think we got to dive right into the hero. Yes, let's go. We'll, so we're we'll putting a special spin on the hero. This we week. are, we are. Let me let me press some buttons first so that we can get into that. There we go. I was trying to fill the void until the music. I appreciate that, folks. I had the music all wrong. You're usually wrong on most things. So, folks, when you hear this song, probably much like my prediction on Adam Pellick's contracts. Yes. That means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels half Price Hero. This week is The Celly, featuring grilled roast beef, sautéed onion, mushrooms, quite good. fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. Look at that photo. It looks fantastic. Get it for half price starting tomorrow. That's Tuesday through, well, I guess Sunday, because we're probably not doing a show next week, so we'll just pick a random day. Tuesday through Sunday. Well, you got to let Donnie know. You can't just pick a random Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to Donnie. <laughs> we'll announce a brand new half well, price we'll here on the next time we do a for show. The, for, the, for the deli we don't own. Right. Stop it and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the Selly. So, Christian, like you were saying, we're putting a new spin on this this week. We're doing a hero of the season. Yes. Because so, there were no games played last week. Obviously. And we thought right. for the this, this is our season wrap-up show where we're looking back on everything and looking forward on everything that's going on in Islander country. Yes. And appropriately so, our hero of the week is also our hero of the season. Well, yes, we're unanimous on oh, this. Oh, we are? Okay. You already said our, so you might have the cat's out of the bed. Oh, no, I didn't. You I, can't put the monkey back in the bottle, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying our with that being both of our picks. I was really saying me. Well, you can't with the, say with the hour inflated, when you're talking with the about inflated, you. inflated ego of assuming that it, my pick made the, was the most important one. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that, does. that but makes sense. Typical Christian. Are you ready? Yes, please. All right, here we go. Hit God. the button, bro. There's the button, bro. It's Semyon Varlamov. I think it makes the most sense. When you look at the way Varlamov played in the playoffs and the regular season, he was by far the Islanders' MVP. Barry Trotz mentioned it a couple times during the postseason about, and, and a lot of players mentioned about how his performance during the regular season got them to the playoffs. Seven shutouts this year, which was an incredible number. Yes. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal effort. And granted, some of them didn't come against some of the worst teams in the NHL in Buffalo. <laughs> Uh, yes. The New York Rangers and, and so forth. So, Ooh, like that one. That should be. <laughs> I wasn't taking a shot at the Rangers. Oh, yeah, you kind of did, though. A little late for that. Well, it wasn't uh, my intention. Uh, <laughs> but my point is, my point being that uh-huh. he, he still performed at, uh, I mean, at an incredible, incredible per, per rate, uh, 0.92 save, 0.29 save percentage, uh, 2.04 goals against average. Again, the seven shutouts. Uh, and a thir- 19, 11, and 4. Sorry, I'm trying to look at the computer as I'm reading this. I can see you squinting. I know. So can everybody else. It's I know. Great. Well, you know what? Yeah. That's why we have the camera. Yeah, really? Getting old, right, I'm over your eyes. Here. Yeah, your eyes are. So yeah. 19, 11, and 4 record there <laughs> no. in the regular season in 35 spots. Yeah. No, but he, I mean, he played uh, immaculately, and there's no doubt about it. The Islanders were in the postseason, uh, a large part thanks to the play of Varlamov. And of course, his play once the second round commenced, he really picked up his effort there against Boston, even against Tampa Bay. Christian, you know what's great about having a unanimous pick and letting you go first? Uh, you don't have to do anything. I don't got to do anything. I just got to press a button and say, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. Yeah, I mean, send me a that better. For, Maybe I should let you go first. For everything that Christian just said, 
no, he was spectacular again, just like he was last year. Yeah. And, you yes. know, whether you want to... And I think, too, it should be... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off oh, there, but fine. since really you're just you're just using all of my points to make your point, <laughs> I might as well just interrupt you anyway. That's fine. Go ahead. His ability to mentor and be an outlet of support for Ilya Sorokin, I think, is something that also needs to be mentioned in this conversation because Sorokin, obviously, as Andrew noted, is an RFA. He needs to be re-signed, but he'll be back. There's no question about that. He'll yes. be back. Yes. He's the his future. His development is, su- it's, it's, a, is such a, a crucial point in his career. The first year is such a crucial point for any player, especially one coming over to a, new, a foreign country, playing in a, in a different league, in a environment that's much different than what you're used to i think having that support system especially with someone who's been through it it goes beyond just what the numbers prove that he did during the regular season in net for the islanders and you saw that bond i think night in and night out between the two of them oh yeah well they were buds before they were teammates on this this season's version of the new york islanders you know what i mean and i think that plays into why the islanders had targeted Semyon Varlamov, not just for his ability, which obviously has been proven in spades over these last two seasons, but, I mean, you got to figure, and I know we've talked about this on the show back when it was more relevant, but that had a lot to do with them going after him because he had a history with Sorokin. Yeah. And, I mean, when you think about it, the way he was brought in and kind of welcomed into this organization probably couldn't have been, you know, as any more comfortable. You know, I mean, look, obviously yeah. pandemic and whatnot aside. Right. But, but the way he was able to come in, join them up there while they were in the bubble, the even though he year, couldn't yes. get into any games. Yes. He was able to get to know the team, the staff, get to know how the organization was run. Work on his English. Work on his English, which which he did very well at. Yes. And 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 it was able to kind of slowly bring him along. And he he's able to not only... I suppose, enhance his friendship with Varlamov, but develop relationships with all the guys in the team as well. And the coaching staff. Right, and he, he's already a part of the team coming mm-hmm. in this season where he's actually going to get into some games. And while we'll all remember how his first one, maybe two, were a little rough, especially with the way he ended up coming in. Yes. But, look, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better start to his Islander career than what he showed, not only in the regular season, but the fact that he carried this team on his back, essentially, in that first mm-hmm. round against the Penguins. Yep. Uh, I saw Mel Armini in the chat actually going for a, a Varley slash Sorokin hero, and, and, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a good, you know, consolation prize, at least for, for Sorokin there, to be mentioned mm-hmm. by anybody because, yeah, I mean, he had a big part of this season, I would argue it's not not as big as Varley's, right. but he certainly played an essential role in this team, especially getting to the second round. And and you know you talk about him having to be signed in this offseason, which he will be because yeah he's going to be he's the future. Yeah, that torch is going to be passed to him yeah, whether man. it's sooner than later from Semyon Varlamov, and and he's the goalie of the future. This is this is the guy, the white whale that everybody was talking about to bring in. And you know what? He's only twenty five years old, I think. So he's got plenty of plenty of years left in him. As long as he's still happy here in the states, yeah, let's get him signed, and and you know he'll he'll eventually take over. Yeah, yeah, it, it's certainly. I think that certainly deserved to be mentioned as well, just because of the way that uh, the role that Varlamov played. And, and as uh, Mike four six five two co mentioned, certainly our hero of the season award must be a great. Uh, a great substitute for not winning the Vesna for Varlamov. Oh, I mean, easily second place. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's the Vesna, and then there's the Hockey Night New York Hero of the Season. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's right there. Which we'll be right. sending Varlamov yeah. just a giant El- trophy with a hero on top of it. Elliot Friedman's going to be talking about it tomorrow. <laughs> right. Did you hear? Did you hear Varlamov yes. won the Hero of the Season? It's yeah. actually going to be present. Oh no, the award show was the other day. I was going to say it's actually going to be an award that's presented at the NHL award. <laughs> 
presentation or whatever. One, one day, one day, Christian. We'll, we'll get there. The Blue Line Deli, uh, half price hero of the season, half price hero of the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, good so does stuff that mean there. that the hero, the half price hero that we named, should be half price for the rest of the year? We're gonna have to check in with, uh, <laughs> with Donnie Bagels on I'm that. Kidding. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think he'd be a little upset if we told everybody that. I'm kidding, case. obviously. Yeah, guys, the Selly. <laughs> now until October. Joke. Half price. Joke. Just kidding. Just. Joke. Just kidding. We. We think. So where do you want to go from here? I mean, look, we had so much time with Andrew. I think we had. We can go a couple more minutes just to to wrap things yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. I know okay, we good. have a few more thoughts on uncertain things. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have to fly <laughs> out the door like very we did last week. Right, right. We have some thoughts about some things. And we, yeah, we, we have some words we want to speak. So just looking at the notes here, I mean, I know you want to talk a little bit about the power play, the special teams, um, how it wasn't good. It had that one good <laughs> month in February that we always talk about. And actually, we touched on a little bit with Arthur last week, yes. too, just about, um, you know, it's kind of a, an unknown is how they're going to improve it. Because, yeah. I mean, you're in year three now of, of Barry Trotz, and you've had a mediocre to worse power play. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, where you start, you know, everybody loved blaming Scott Gomez right. the first year, and obviously that had nothing to do with it. And, you know, you wonder, is it is it just, you know, taking a different approach from, you know, the top as far as the coaching goes, or is it personnel? You know, is it just moving guys around, right. or, you know, or bringing somebody in? And you know, the Sorry, point. I was adjusting my microphone. It's fine. It's fine. You like to fidget. I do. Yeah. So that's obviously going to be something that needs – I mean, look – they were they were a goal away from the Stanley Cup Finals with a poor power play. Yes. So does that mean ignore it? No. Well, the power play that did cost them the. Why Why do you gotta do Sorry. that, man? Why you gotta do that, bro? Sorry, couldn't help myself, up, man. It's messed up. Couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. That's because you're evil. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're evil. All right. So go on. What's your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, my uh-huh. thoughts on the special teams. Yeah, it's got to get better, bro. <laughs> hey, the PK is good, man. PK's real good. It's it's the power play. It's real good, brah. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. No, no, I'm for, uh, for real though. I think I think we just we're starting to slip into another edition of <laughs> off the rails here. I don't know. We gotta be careful. Yeah. That's one final time for the season. Right. The season. <laughs> Go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though, you know, uh <laughs> I'm losing it, so I need you to jump back in here. <laughs> Right, so power play, not great. Penalty kill, really good. Yes. Led by the likes of Adam Pellick, Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sezikis, J.G. Pajot. So not, not much to fix on the penalty kill. Now you're just clowning it up, man. <laughs> Come on, reel it back in. Reel it back in. You can do this. You had some thoughts on the power play. Share them. The power play, the biggest thing is the fact that it's it's so stagnant and continues to be stagnant. Okay. That's the big thing. There's not a lot of movement. There's a lot of people standing still, a lot of looking for that perfect pass. It's it's the mindset. I don't know where it comes from because, as we talked about last week, even when you bring in a Palmieri who's thought of as someone who can shoot, right. um, when you put a Wallstrom out there, he, he didn't get too far into the perfect play, but you saw it sometimes. There was some hesitation to shoot, which is not his style. He's a shooter. Right. Um, Nick so, Letty doesn't like to shoot. Nick Letty does not Noah like to Dobson shoot. Noah Dobson doesn't like to shoot, Barzal but I think that's more of a like rookie thing. Well, yes, that's true. Bailey He's, doesn't like to shoot. They've both gotten better, but but generally speaking, yeah, and, and actually Mike 4652CO made that point as well. A team of passers need more need more shooters. I think he meant more. Well, that, he's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You need, and I don't even think no, you I, need more shooters. I, you need one guy with that with that 
killer instinct. And I think Wally's going to be that guy. And I think he's going to get a more prominent OV? role in the power play. <laughs> Ovi. Yeah, yeah. Ovi Light. <laughs> Top of the OV list. Ovi Jr. Top of the list. Yeah. How's Matty Boy doing, by the way? I don't way? know. He hasn't <laughs> sent us any videos lately. He hasn't. He How ha- was he not at the top of your list, guys? <laughs> I love you. It was good stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Ovechkin, sure. I don't think that'd he be, did That'd be great. But yeah, that's not happening. But That's yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, Andrew Ghost was just talking about unloading Letty and Eberly, which I don't think has to happen, lad. <laughs> that's again, that's the that's the key here. Yep. But I think Oliver Wallstrom's gonna gonna have a huge role in the power play next year, and I think that's gonna get more shots on net, and you know, we're gonna see maybe just more of a strategy, ar- you know, around Wallstrom, which we've already seen this right. season, but maybe just. Um, you know, kind of emphasize that a little bit more. But it can't just be him. You got to see more shots from the point. Yep. And, and look, it's easy to just yell, shoot, every time, you know, Nick Letty has a, a little bit of space back there. People but do it. There's a balance, right? Because you want to look for the right play. You want to make sure that there's there's men in front when you take that shot. Because, look, if you're just taking a slap shot and there's no traffic in front, it's going in the goalie's chest. He's going to he's gonna eat it up. And then well, you to know nothing. what'll help, too? What's that? Getting Anders Lee back on the fr- in front of the net. Of course it will. Yeah. Of course. I mean, having a, a full season without Anders Lee in the power play is going to hurt. But last year, it wasn't that great either, and he was there. True. But you know then what I mean? you add certain things. You add the Oliver Wallstrom, the hopefully guys willing to shoot a little bit more, a change in something in the power play, and you put Lee back in there. Maybe it, it makes it a little bit more dynamic. Maybe they're not putting up a ton of goals. But they are at least being consistent or finding some consistency in their game on that aspect of their of their team. So, I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It, it'll be really interesting to see how you fix it because as we've been talking about this entire show, there's not a lot of cap space. It's very right. hard to see them really bring yeah, in Yeah, it's got to come from within. So it, it has to come from within. It right. really does. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that Barry and, and Lane Lambert and co. are going to be working on over the summer. And we're going to see them working out in training camp. Exactly. I oh, mean, 100%. Look, they 100%. have they have personnel that can make this power play better. It's not like they don't have guys that can't put, in the, put the puck in the net, as we've talked about, doing it doing it five on five, which is so strange, right? They're so much better at scoring five on five than they are man up. And I think that plays into the whole reluctance to pass thing. Yeah. But, look, they'll work on it. It doesn't mean it can't get any better. It's a little discouraging that, you know, three years in it hasn't. But it doesn't mean it can't change. So that's something they're going to have to look at. I mean, you know, if you want to get a little nitpicky about the team, because again, nitpicky, nitpicky, nit nitpicky. Yeah, that's what I was trying to yeah, say. You said nitpicky. Well, sometimes it just doesn't roll off the tongue proper. You Nick know, picky. Right. So Is that a friend of yours? No. So power play's got to improve. We like the PK. <laughs> We don't have to touch much more on that. I rattled off some guys, you know, who 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 function on the penalty right, kill, right. and they and do very get, well at it. Right. Right. You were getting nitpicky. Right, I was, I was. So you also wanted to talk a little bit about the the season end drop off a little bit. We touched on it a little bit earlier, yeah. but just how um and yeah, like do you think that that's look? Obviously, they're playing every game to win, but do you think that's a team who's known for playing playoff style at all times? That maybe is like you know what. We can take the foot off of gas a little bit here, a little bit there, and maybe just you know conserve things for the playoffs because you talk about how they flip the switch, so to right. speak, when the playoffs come, where you get a little discouraged about those last you know ten or so games of the season. What's going on with this team? They're dive bombing down the standings. Then all of a sudden the playoffs start, and here we go, and and they're you know beating the Penguins and they're beating the Bruins. Right. What do you have to say about that? I mean, I think uh, you know what I feel like it'd be a much easier conversation to have if we were around the team a bit more it's it's tough to really get into the mindset of the players when when we're doing these zoom calls because you really right. only get a couple minutes with them you don't 
see how they're interacting. Forget to take yourself off mute. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those kind of Getting things. Getting some background noise. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but joking aside, but yeah. you, you kind of lose some of that that insight that you gain from even just being in the locker room and just kind of observing what's going on and the, and the, the mentality and kind of the emotions of the guys there. So it's hard to gauge because we the last two seasons we haven't really been around the team in that aspect during those times. COVID hit and you were still in the middle of March and you really there was still time to play and it, there was a chance that things could go downhill, they could go uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, we really don't know how that that, that season, that, that uh, second season under Trotz would have went if it wasn't for the COVID pandemic. And then this year, we had access in the form of these Zoom avail- availabilities, but you really couldn't gauge as much just the the mentality and kind of what was going through everyone's minds other than, you know, the questions and the kind of, at times, cookie-cutter answers they, they would give. Right. Because they're just trying to get through these availabilities like everyone else and, and do their job and, and get ready for games and all that. So um, it, it's tough to say. I, I am I think that's the biggest curiosity I have right now for the Islanders is that, that last half of the season, the last quarter of the year, yeah. it's become a trend now. Right. And I'm curious to know where that all kind of fits in. Is it is it... As you're suggesting, perhaps they know that mm-hmm. even if just got to get in, yeah, they just got to get in, and right. they'll make they'll make waves with whoever against they, against whoever they have to. Mm-hmm. Or is there genuinely something that happens where their physical style of play really takes off in the first half of the season, and then it really wears them down in the second half, mm-hmm. especially the last two last year, I should say, this season, and because the core of their team is around that age of thirty, right? Maybe it breaks them down a little bit. Yeah, two, they're all they were also playing a ton of games in, in succession. You know, they're playing yes. every, every yes. other day they were playing, basically. Mm-hmm. They were playing playoffs before they even got to the playoffs. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah, in a short 56-game season, absolutely. Jockeying for position, if you will. Yes. Yes. I will. <laughs> okay. We talked about the underdogs. Just literally going through the notes here. We touched on Varley and Ilya. Lee's going to be back healthy next year. He's going to be ready to go. I kicked you in the foot. You did kick me in the foot. Thank you. Uh, J.G. Pajot, he had like eight injuries <laughs> to end the playoffs. Looks like he's going to be all right. He had a surgery on his hand, wrist. Yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be all right. Hand, that was, I'm that's sorry. That's huge. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yep, that's your hand. <laughs> well, I was doing it for the video audience. I was not thinking for the audio audience. Got you. Got that's you. Fair enough. Hand. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the expansion draft with Andrew. Now, he kind of had his own list. Do you have a list to put you on the spot a little bit? Oh, you're you putting me on the spot. I do not have a list with me. You don't. Okay, fair enough. So <laughs> I was not prepared for that. Well, he suggested exposing Nick Letty and Jordan Eberly. And my thinking is, if Jordan Eberly is left exposed, I think that might mean that they're not getting anywhere with Andrew Ladd. I think that if both of those guys are exposed then maybe that tells you they may they may have that maybe saddled with that salary going in because i would think i would think if they're able to do something with andrew ladd that they would want to keep one of letty or eberly mm-hmm. and i think in my this is just my opinion i think Eber, eberly would be the guy to be to to be held on to as opposed to nick letty cuz it's so much easier to expose nick letty right. cuz as andrew mentioned you're going to go right off the bat with pellick pullick and Mayfield on D. I think mm-hmm. we're 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 kind of we locked think, into we're, that. think we're locked yeah. into that now. And if you look at the forward crop, you can you can protect all your major forwards as some as some of which were named by by Andrew, you know, like uh Josh Bailey, yes. obviously Andrews Lee, Matt Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier, uh on and down the line. And you can protect Jordan Eberly mm-hmm. and feel good about having basically your top six intact 
And, you know, you're going to expose guys like Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck. Could they be picked? Sure. It all depends on how Seattle views what how they want to fill their roster, what kind of parts they need. And and maybe that's when Lou Lemerlum... I mean, it's funny, but if he wants to keep that fourth line, line intact, assuming that he does re-sign Sezikis, you know, who knows? He may have to go to Seattle and be like, here's a third rounder, so you right. leave Cal alone or leave Martin alone. Now, whether they would target those guys or not, we don't know. I don't know. know. I don't think so. I don't think so either, but I guess it's just you, you, you at least, you know... You, you have a chat about it. You think about it, right? It could be out there if they're looking for veteran leadership. True. But who knows? Like, they might expose a guy like Nick Letty, and they're like, we want Otto Koivula because he's young, and he's a center, and, we, you know, he could help us out. Or, right. or Kiefer Bellows on right. top potential. Hasn't really had a shot yet with the Islanders, or at least hasn't had a successful shot with them yet. So you don't know where Seattle's going to go. So it's very interesting whether or not Lou is going to have to actually entice Ron Francis with some sweeteners you know, to take this guy or that guy, or he just says, here's the sheet, go ahead, take Nicoletti, <laughs> or Jordan Everly, you know what I mean? Like, I dare you, whatever, yeah. you know? No, I, I certainly I certainly know exactly what you mean, and uh, we're about to find out in about, uh, what, 20 days from now? Less than 20 days? I believe 19, I think it's the 24th. So, yeah, so close to the 21st days. to the 24th. I think, I may be wrong here, but I think the expansion draft's the 21st, and then I think the entry draft is the 24th. And then free agency is the 28th as you vigorously type on your computer to try to verify this information. Expansion draft will be uh, conducted by the National Hockey League on July 21st, 2021. I was right. And it will be broadcast on ESPN. That's right. Who take over as the part of the national rights holders for the television contract for the National Hockey Christian, League. perfect segue there, buddy, because we wanted to touch on it last week, so we might as well, before we roll out, it's just a great talk segue, about it right now. Then you ruin it by saying perfect segue, because then you point out that it was a segue. Okay. So ESPN <laughs> hired a brand new staff to cover the NHL <laughs> heading into next season, and it all starts with the expansion draft in Seattle. Now, a lot of big names there, a lot of recognizable names, especially if you're an Islander fan. Islanders are fairly well represented, whether you like the guys that they're bringing in or not, but Rick DiPietro getting hired, you got Ray Ferraro, which I think is fantastic, and Kevin Weeks, who does a phenomenal job on NHL Network. Pretty excited about him. Join an ESPN. They're also represented by AJ Malesko because obviously she covers the team on MSG. That's right. And then you got plenty more big names like Mark Messier was brought in. And I know you're trying to load up the rest of the guys. So could you hurry up so, so we can talk about it? Chris Chelios, I know, is oh, on board. I, uh, Steve Levy, <laughs> Barry Melrose. Darn it. Come on, and, man. I mean, obviously, Linda Cohn's going to be involved. She's, she's big on hockey. So, yeah, there you go. I see the faces. Just what's happening? What did you do? There's a lot of clicking going yeah, on. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Spinning. You're killing me, there Smalls. There we go. All right. All right, give it to me. You have <laughs> Brian Boucher, John Butchergrass, Ryan Callahan, uh, Casey Campbell, Pascal, Chris Chellis, as you mentioned, Linda Cohen, Rick DiPietro, Ray Ferrero. John uh, Butchergrass, Kenneth, fantastic job. Oh, there, there's, uh, sorry, I was about to read ESPN. Deportes will be part of this, too, and Kenneth Garay, mm -hmm. uh, and someone else whose name I cannot pronounce. Uh, Leia <laughs> Hextall, okay. Emily Kaplan, who does a tremendous job uh, yeah, on ESPN.com yeah. with, with uh, Greg Wyshynski, who will yes. also be part of the uh, yes. team there, who has also been on this show. Yeah. Hillary Knight, uh, Steve Levy, as you mentioned, Sean McDonough, uh, the voice of the New York Jets on the radio, Bob Wyshusen, will be doing play-by-play. Mm. -play. You mentioned Kevin Weeks. Yes. Uh, da -da -da, Malesko, Messier, <laughs> Bellrose. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. And oh, I, and Blake Bolden. And apparently, oh, okay, and apparently there's more hires to come, one of which I do hope 
is Gary Thorne. Legend. I think they've settled their stable of broadcasters, mm. so I don't necessarily know if Gary Co- Gary Gary Cohen Gary Thorne uh, will be brought into the mix. Well, that's a little disappointing because I I was a big fan of Gary Thorne. I know, I know, <laughs> and I believe a lot of hockey fans out there were. But I mean, he's got. I think he's like in his early seventies. Well, he's still doing. I don't play mean, by play. Him, he's doing. Um, he's play by play voice for the Baltimore Orioles of the. Major League Baseball. Very league. good. Yes. Did you say Major League Baseball League? I did that on purpose. Oh, I don't know if yeah. you did. I, <laughs> I believe did. that. I did. Well, he used to do the Mets way back when, right? Did he? I oh, believe okay. he did the Mets on like P- PIX or Channel Nine. That's a chance. That might and, be, yeah, you probably were an embryo back then. And uh, I believe he did the Devils for a short spell as well. I believe. I believe that again. Not sure. I'd have to look yeah. that up. Either way, legendary broadcaster. And uh, it'd be nice to even see him do some maybe special guest spot games, even if they don't bring him on full-time. Maybe do a little him and Clement for a game here, <laughs> a game there, for old time's sake. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. I think the staff that they're bringing on is great, and I'm, I'm looking forward to ESPN's coverage. Yes, and then we'll have TBS as well, who will, I'm sure, announce their broadcast lineup soon. Well, we know number 99 is going to yes, be there. the great one, Wayne Gretzky, will be there. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Pretty fascinating stuff. Do you want to just see if there's any audience questions real quick before we wrap this thing up? Um, do I want to? Oh, let's man. see. I'm not asking you to be brutally honest. No, no, I've said, do I want to? And I'm looking. I would like you to do that. Please. I'm looking. Uh, I see Mel Arminius says Brendan Burke has got to be I think play he, by I'm play sure guy. Be brought in for something. I mean, whether it's TNT or ESPN, I mean, we yeah. all know Brendan is a rising star in the, in the hockey ranks. And I believe he will one day have Doc Emmerich's job. We don't know when that's going to happen, but I think it'll oh, happen. That's bold. Day. Well, I mean, I think he's great. I think he's great. Call me biased, but I think Brendan Burke. Oh, does Brendan that, is that phenomenal. Great of a job. He certainly yeah. would deserve that honor. Yeah, for um, sure. I just like to not give to take you anything away from Kenny Albert though, because he does a great job too. I mean, the, the guy literally does about ten million sports in the span of two weeks. It's a lot of sports. That's every well, every year. I mean, pre-pandemic, <laughs> every year you had Kenny Albert doing baseball, football, hockey. There's that one one point of the year where everything overlaps, I, and he's doing just about. I gotta everything. give guys who do that a lot of credit to have to. Re- remember all of those names and numbers and 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 you know they rattle off some history on the players while they're doing the game i mean that is a lot well they that's have they have great support staff I like the great eric hornick yes, who is in the true. box helping right. them out uh right. during those broadcasts melarmenia is asking if we will be doing a show after the expansion draft and i know someone else also asked if we were planning to do any uh well uh t-boyle 13 had asked will you be doing shows this summer Going to be the busiest summer in Islanders history. So, as of right now, folks, the plan is to take the next two weeks off, I believe. And definitely next week. And obviously, if any big Islander news comes up, we're going to do what we can to sneak a show in here, sneak a show in there. But we're going to hold off on coverage until those drafts come. The expansion draft, the entry draft, and of course, free agency. I think we're going to try to do a preview show, hopefully, if not definitely, a recap. For sure, we're going to cover what happens at the expansion draft, at the entry draft. Heck yeah. And we'll look at free agency, even though, I guess as far as the Islanders go, we kind of know the situation, right? They're not signing anybody from the outside, (laughs) and they're hoping to sign the guys that they're going to lose, right? So we're just going to keep tabs on that. Yep. And, and, you know, as we talked about with Andrew, the whole priority thing with, with the RFAs versus the UFAs, where even though you're going to prioritize guys yep. like Pellick, you got to sign the UFAs first 100%. because if you don't, they're going to be like, well, I'm just going to sign with somebody else. And like Arthur said last week, if, there's, if it's quiet on the, on the Sezikis front, maybe even the Palmieri front, 
maybe that kind of lets you know yeah. that that Lou has something going on with which those we guys. saw last year as well. Right. So right, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting and fascinating. We'll be keeping tabs on it, as Sean said. Yes, and uh, we will have some select shows here and there during the summer. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little touch and go as far as we're just going to wait to see what's going on. If- touch and go. Right. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So if there's Islander news over the summer, we'll be here to cover it. And obviously, we're going to be we're still going to be active on social media. We're still going to be up on everything that's going on. But yeah, if anything comes out of Islander country that is newsworthy, we will absolutely be here to cover it. But you figure at least next week we're out. We'll see about the following week. And August may be quiet, depending on what happens. But, of course, once we get towards training camp in September, we will be back on a weekly basis, ready to go for your Hockey Night New York Islanders coverage. That's right. Yeah. And... Keep look out for us on the Island Ice podcast eventually. That's yeah. There you go. <laughs> Gonna do it. So that actually might film. Who knows? Next week or two weeks from now. There we go. We'll be on the Island Ice podcast. So check us out with Andrew Gross. That'll be a lot of fun. Yes. All right. So see if I th- it comes to fruition. We'll see if it comes to fruition. So I think we're good. Yes. I think I think we're pretty good here. So Say your thank yous. That's the wrong button, Christian. <laughs> Why'd you press that button? It's this one. <laughs> sure. Blame me for your mistake. Yes, I will, folks. It's been a fun year. It has. It has. Obviously, it didn't end the way we wanted to, but they keep taking steps towards glory. Hopefully, next year, they get to taste that glory. But either way, we'll be here covering the New York Islanders for you. And you know what that glory tastes like? We're going to find out. A blue line sandwich. At at least. At least. Yeah, in champagne, maybe, or something like that. So, folks, want to send a huge thanks out to Andrew Gross and Newsday for hanging out with us and giving us so much time. Great spot from him. Obviously, a big, big thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels over at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and great people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at thaitechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of of service and folks a huge huge thanks to you guys for hanging out with us all year join us on the chat here on twitch.tv slash hockey.ny and of course to everybody who's been listening to us on the podcast platforms you are the reason why we keep coming back I love doing it Christian might I'm not sure about that I love that. doing it <laughs> but it's been a fun year it's been a great time hanging with you guys and uh, we'll obviously keep you up to date on the Twitter on the social media what we'll be doing and speaking of you can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold zero one Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Yep. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. Thank you so much, folks. We will see you soon. Bye. Hey, it's Sparky. There he is.